Welcome back to Loot Syrup, your audio pleasure treasure. It's finally time for another new season, and I know it's been longer than the usual three months in between seasons. A little over five have gone by, to be exact, actually, but to be fair, it's been insanely busy, so I haven't really been able to work on anything for a while. But that all changes today, so without further ado, let us loot! Today is the beginning of Season 3, and in this massively underwhelming season opener, we're going to go diving into the heart of a beloved trading card game that has found new life. Yeah, and it's burning bigger and brighter than ever. That's right. Digimon. No? Damn, I used to love... Well, if it's not Digimon, then it's gotta be yu gi What's What's that? It's not... Not Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. Well. Okay. Third time's the charm here. Yes is yes. Burning bigger and brighter than ever. It's magic the... Wait, excuse me. Oh, for crying out. The Pokemon trading card game has been around since 1996, when it was first published in Japan by Media Factory. Hop in the DeLorean and skip ahead a few years forward to 1999, with thanks to Wizards of the Coast we in North America were graced with our very own base set. Wizards of the Coast, by the way, was founded in 1990 by a guy named Peter Adkisson near Seattle, which I didn't know, so that's pretty cool. And to make things further cool, his D&D campaign of Wizards were apparently what gave him the company's name. Makes sense? They were able to grow thanks to their first mega success, known originally as Mana Clash, or as it came to be known, Magic the Gathering. Also, yep, I certainly did mention the DeLorean earlier. There ain't no shame in my trading card game. I could go off on Back to the Future, but I won't. I could get up to 88 miles per hour, spit random Easter egg knowledge bombs, but that's not here. It's not the now for today. But you see, folks, this is why I can't have nice episodes. I get distracted by random-ass references. Next thing you know, I'm going off about whatever the thing was. Remember Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka? Anyways, I don't think it's a huge leap in saying that the Wizards of the Coast base set is still to this day widely regarded as the best of the best in the Pokemon TCG world. They're incredibly popular and extremely valuable. Double that if they're first editions with a high PSA rating. Triple that! Even maybe, I have zero clue anymore. The prices fluctuate so much, they're all over the charts. So I never know what cards go for. You know, I, I just don't know. But to be fair, it's not like I own any of those high-priced cards. Or, you know, anything like that. So, what do I care? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sitting on a shoebox filled with some large assortment of Gem Mint PSA 10 or Beckett 10 First Edition base set hollows slabbed up ready to be auctioned off for tens of thousands of dollars or anything. So whatever. I wouldn't even want that. Honestly, nope. Could you imagine the responsibility of owning a card with such a shockingly high value like that? How would you even handle such a thing? And imagine trying to show off a card like that to, to one of, I don't know, one of your homies and being like, oh, hey, 
want to see this here first edition hollow charizard or illustrator pikachu that's gem mint you know worth more than my entire existence oh oh heavens no you can't touch it no no can't touch i can't even touch it you think you get to touch it like don't even graze it with any part of your hand at all okay no feather touch don't get any skin cells on there whatsoever. Also, don't breathe on it. Okay, the moisture from your breath will whip up some very unwanted knowness. So please don't. Just actually, actually, you know what? Just maybe don't even really fully look at it. All right? Just use one eye. Just one eye or squint. Any, just, you know what? Don't even look at it. Just forget I even brought it up. But like I was saying, the Pokemon TCG is burning bigger and brighter than ever these days, and there's no signs of it slowing down. The newest sets that you can try getting your mitts on are Shining Fates and Battle Styles, with the upcoming Chilling Rain set releasing in the summer. Now, Battle Styles and Shining Fates have high-value cards, including a Shiny Charizard and Tyranitar after the buffet that I'm wanting so badly. I mean, I wish it was Snorlax after the buffet, but that's another story. Now here's the process of any new sets that get released. They get announced, they go on pre-order, they sell out at breakneck speeds, they finally hit shelves in smaller quantities on release day, and then they sell out at breakneck speeds. There's a pattern. Uh, but some people, not all people, some people are mega jerks, you know, and they just they clean out entire shelves whenever they can, like full clear. Like, I'm talking Jim Carrey, Grinch, clear and sale, everything must go type of deal. It's gotten so bad. You know, to the point now people look to online ordering from places like Amazon to get their cards. I have. Yeah, no shame to my trading card game. Like I said, I, I have. I've gone to Amazon, my Japanese ones, and they were totally awesome. Managed to pull a hollow Mewtwo from one, so I was absolutely delighted, you know, to say the least. Anyways, it's like they print the cards, and seriously, I swear, the higher-ups at the Pokemon Company just have their fun little CEO meetings or, or brunches and laugh, because I, I figure brunch is a popular thing, I'm sure, over there. It's got to be pretty popular. It's pretty popular here, right? Brunch? You do brunch? I haven't had brunch in a long time. Forget what that's even like. I miss, I miss brunch. Anyway... <laughs> Anyways, enough about brunch. Um, but the CEOs at their meetings or brunches, they must just laugh amongst themselves. Because, right? Because they know they're essentially just printing money with these cards. It's simple as that. Collectible cardboard is earning them millions and millions of dollars. Earning them unlimited CEO fun brunches, or frunches, if you kindly will. Lucky bastards. I, I would love a frunch. You'd enjoy that nice frunch, would you not? I'd bet you'd not mind partaking in that. Especially knowing you made a nice low-key 50k whilst eating it. Now, years and years ago, when Pokemon cards were starting to become a thing, I feel like more people seemed to actually play the game. You know, rather than just collect them and keep them in a binder. Now, I'm not saying there aren't people who play the game now, but it's definitely changed to more of a collector's game, it seems like. To me, anyways. 
But nowadays, I do see the joy of collecting them. Absolutely. You know, just actually appreciating them. The artwork that's on each card, because, you know, when you're younger, you're, you're pissed about getting trash cards you didn't want, right? Or even just a shitty trade that you wish you never made at recess, you know, but you shook on it, and, and you think about it over the course of the school day, and then realize you got ripped off for a 1996 Japanese Prism Pokemon card. But what's done was done, and that slick, slippery bastard Riley wouldn't give you back your But when you're older, there are no bad cards. At least that's how I see it now. Finally. Every card, even every duplicate, is incredible. I say duplicates too, yeah, I mean, you could get the same Pokemon, but it could be drawn by a different artist with a completely different take on it. And that, in itself, is totally awesome. I love that. Because there's so many talented artists drawing really wicked artwork. And it's a win-win no matter if it's, you know, a rare card or an uncommon card or just a common card. Now, my favorite artist is Yukimori. Uh, she does clay-style artwork, and I can't get enough of the cleanness of all the hand-sculpted work she does. I don't know what it is. I've just always had a thing for claymation, so I guess that may be what draws me towards it more. Uh, other artists that I do really love are Sao Sao, Tokia, and Sui. There's loads more that are great too, of course, but those are my personal favorites. They stand out to me. But pressing on. Now we've got popular influencers getting in on the action, and booster pack openings are a huge thing for streams now. To be fair, they're a ton of fun on both ends, really, watching or opening. You know, there's nothing quite like a good Pokemon card trick to put that best card at the very back, and then seeing that last card pulled, it's a total rush. I mean, especially when it's more than just a rare, you know, if it's like a, a hollow or a full art or a secret rare. It's an incredible feeling. Again, on either end, watching or pulling. Even just the sound of the blister packs when you're fidgeting with them, trying to carefully open them. That's just some cool, weird ASMR type stuff there, okay? And the smell of the fresh cards. <laughs> it's one of the best smells ever. It's like when you walk into a comic book shop. It's a great smell. Unless your local comic book shop has a really terrible odd smell. That's unfortunate. Super unfortunate. Mine smells incredible. Okay, like fresh comics and traded cards. Straight up. And big thanks again to my good friend Frankie of High Tone Media for sparking my interest in them again. Pokemon cards. Huge thanks. Shout out to you. As well as Leonhart, who I do watch a lot of. He does great openings. Big fan of his pack battles. Especially when he had Steve Aoki on the channel. That was awesome. Super awesome. Got some coffee. <clears throat> Backtracking a bit here, though. Um, not sure if any of you have tried sending cards off to get them graded. But that's just some kind of hellish process, okay? Right? I mean, I've watched videos. I've done some mild research, of which takes a total of maybe five, ten minutes. 
So this is not tough, extensive research whatsoever. And it seems like no matter where you go, it's going to be just a massive pain for three reasons. One, to even just get cards ready to send out, you got to double sleeve them properly, tab them with post-its to be legit and make the cards easier and more readily accessible, and secure them safely with tapes, cardboard crafting, and bubble whatnots, the works. All right. Two, with the high volume of cards getting sent in, it's going to take a long, long time to get cards back. Like we're talking Elton John, Rocket Man, long, long time. Okay, months. Unless you're paying, you know, upper premiums. Which brings us to three. It's going to be expensive. The price to get a card graded and slabbed through PSA is $100 per card. Before you go, you know, WTF, are you sure, mate? I don't think it's that much. You better double check your numbers. I do think there's maybe some deals on bulk orders, it looked like on their site. I don't understand exactly, because it also says $20 per card with a 10 card minimum for members or something, which is still $200 before taxes, but there's just no way. I've attempted just to see, yeah, and five cards after taxes came to around 546. And that's just for their regular service. Not even express or gold platinum premium sparkly sparkleness nonsensical nonsense services. If it's a high value card, it's worth it. But damn, I just want to get my hollow nine tails and like maybe a couple amazing and secret rares slabbed. And that price does also include insurance, I believe, to some degree for the cards. But I'm a total rookie when it comes to this kind of stuff, so still obviously don't quote me on everything, but from what I've tried so far, that's what I'm looking at. That's just the breaks. Whether you go through Beckett, PSA, or KSA if you're here in Canada, they're all going to be a painful process, it seems like. And it only seems to be worth it for higher value cards. So you need to be super vigilant, grade your own cards, be tough on them before sending them in. Unless you just want them slabbed and graded no matter what. Maybe it's got a nice slash right across it and you just <laughs> that's and it's an important precious card to you. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's your call. Totally cool. I may still try it one day, but not anytime soon. Would definitely be sweet to have some special card slab, like even a 25th anniversary card. A 25th anniversary card! <laughs> but don't even get me started on the General Mills cereals and McDonald's Pokemon cards promos for the 25th anniversary. The ones that Americans get to experience, but us Canadians get nothing as of yet. Nothing, nothing special, nothing particular. Nothing coming our way. They get to unwrap and discover beautiful starter Pokemon and have the time of their lives. Which I'm, again, so happy for my buds in the States, by the way. That's awesome for you guys. But I'm super jealous. It, it, you know, super jealous. 
It's like it's still only the 24th anniversary for us here. There's no celebration. None. Just totally not even a thing here. Non-existent. I'm hoping this changes. And that we get our chance to grab some awesome 25th anniversary promo cards. But until then, it's just plain outrageous. Feels bad. Feels so, so bad. I'm so awesomely lame, though. I literally installed the McDonald's app on my phone in hopes one day, one of these days, I'll check back and see the cards as an option for the Happy Meals. But alas, no such luck at the Golden Arches. No, I really don't want a teeny beanie boo beanie baby. Beanie beanie boo beanie baby. That's what they have there right now. Here, that's what we have. That's what we get as Canadians. We get the, the beanie boo beanie babies. Although I will say, for the record, beanie babies used to be the bomb.com when I was younger. Not so much now. To be quite honest, I'm surprised they're still kicking. Still a thing. Anyways, in the end, I'm happy that Pokemon cards aren't going anywhere anytime soon. I did not think I'd still be opening packs to this day. Super weird. Super cool. Um, collectors, keep those binders going strong. Look after them. And folks who play the actual game, kudos to you, my friend. That's legit. Even more hardcore if you don't sleeve it. It's a dangerous game, though. Not sleeving those cards. If you don't sleeve it, there's some definite risk involved. Pretty sure I heard something like that years ago when I was getting to talk at school. Something like that. I don't know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Loot Syrup. Another episode will be up in a week, as always, during a season. So welcome to season three, friends. Hope you enjoyed it. There's plenty more where that came from. We have a lot of random stuff this season. So, yeah. If you ever have any recommendations for topics, I'm always open to your ideas. But there are... Just, like I said, tons coming your way. Lots of fun. Oh yeah, going all over the board this season. So in the meantime, stay safe, and remember to always keep the glass half full. Be kind, be epic, and laugh on. See you later, everybody.